You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Good morning. Good to be together again. You guys having a good summer? Yeah? I, I'm on like adventure overload this summer, so I'm feeling, feeling like I'm in recovery mode from it already. Um, but yeah, excited to share with you guys. Um, I don't know, I know I see some new faces here this morning, so some of you maybe haven't been tracking with us, but this summer we've been looking at the essential ingredients that make up the church. And quite a few weeks back, introduced this idea that as we understand better what the essential ingredients of the church are, and we boil it down to those things and we focus on them, we can expect, much like a reduction sauce, we can expect to have a more potent Jesus flavor in our church. And what were these essential ingredients? Maybe some of you who have been tracking with us could shout them out. What are the three essential ingredients that make up the church? Come on. Worship. Community. Mission. There we go. Today we're talking about mission. We've been talking about worship, been talking about community. Today I want to talk about this idea, what is worship? But the reason we're talking about these essential ingredients of what make up the church are because we believe that as we understand what the church is better, we can actually express the church better in the earth. And we really believe that as the church of Jesus, we are the hope for the world, God's means to actually meet the needs of the world. And we'll talk a bit more about that in a bit. But I just want to ask this question, you know, what is the mission of the church? And I think the important um, follow-up to that, I'd actually like to ask another question first, and that's whose mission is it? Because ultimately, it's God's mission. We'll often say things like, you know, the, the mission of the church, the church's mission. But in many ways, a better paradigm to have is that it is God's mission. A guy by the name of Alan Hirsch, who's a leader in the church, really pushing on like thinking differently about church, says we'd be better to think about, um, rather than the church having a mission, God's mission has a church. Say that again, instead of the church having a mission, God's mission has a church. We are the means that God intends to use for his mission in the world. The mission of God existed before the church. In many ways, it's the mission of God in the earth that produces the church. We get to participate in it, but we don't invent it. It's his mission in the world. And I'll just say this, God's mission in the world is not to try to just get more people involved in what the church is doing, but I actually believe to get the church more involved in what he's doing in the earth. So then we ask the question, okay, well, what is God's mission in the world? And as in most questions about God, the best place for us to look is Jesus. So we ask the question, what is God's mission in the earth? 
But when we start to look at Jesus, we get a glimpse of what that may be. Jesus made this declaration about himself early in his ministry where he read from the prophet Isaiah. And he said, you know, the Spirit of God is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to bring sight to the blind. There's all this this language of restoration and fixing things that he uses to describe his mission on the earth. Jesus says of himself, I came to display the Father. We see Jesus. What does he do as he walks about the earth? Anybody remember some of the things Jesus did? You can just shout them out. What did Jesus do when he walked here on the earth? He healed the sick. Absolutely. He grew limbs. He raised the dead. He made wine. He loved people. He walked with people. He challenged mindsets. Multiplied food. Forgave sins. What was that? Ate with people. We see Jesus as he walks on the earth making the place a little bit better, would you say? He's making, wherever he goes, things get better. The world gets better. Sick people get healed. Dead people get raised. Hungry people get fed. Sinners get forgiven. Lonely people get community. Right? Like people who have no idea what God is like get a vision of who the Father is when Jesus shows up. That's mission. That's the mission. The mission is best seen in Jesus. So when we're sitting there thinking about, okay, what's our mission in the earth? I got a real simple tip for you. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. You know, I think to myself when I ran my roofing company and I would have new guys come on to the crew and you think you're giving them simple instructions like, hey, we got to, you know, we got to get that old roof removed and, uh, and they would do things like show up, they climb up on the roof, and they start tearing it off from the bottom. But we always tear off from the top down so that we're not, like, making a big mess in the people's attic and all this stuff. My point is, is that these new guys would have no clue, but you put them in the crew and alongside people who knew what they were doing, and it was really simple for them to catch on. And we want to know what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like in the earth and what the mission of the church is supposed to look like. We simply look at what Jesus did. And how he did it. Jesus went around, right, always saying these things like the kingdom of God is at hand. He was about the business of advancing the kingdom in the earth. Expanding its territory. We could look at a bunch of scriptures, but, but just that idea is throughout scripture. That God wants to fill the earth with the knowledge of his glory, with the knowledge of his goodness. And he does that through people. That's why Jesus could walk around and say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? And what did he say to his disciples? When he sent his disciples out, he says, okay, guys, now go do what you've seen me doing. Right? He tells them the exact same things. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. And everywhere you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God has come near to you. And he tells them to go do exactly what he did. And this this phrase repeated again and again and again is that the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is near you. 
And the first time Jesus mentions his church, right, we're talking about the essential ingredients of the church today. We read this scripture weeks ago. I'm going to read it again. It's Matthew 16, verse 18. And Jesus is saying this after Peter has, has said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus has just said to him, Peter, you didn't figure that out on your own. The Father has revealed this to you. And following all that, he says these words. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus says, on this rock, on this revelation of who I am, on the revelation of Jesus, the church will be built. And the gates of Hades, which is the place of the dead, a place of darkness and decay, will not prevail against the church. This statement from Jesus tells us a few things about the church. Built on a rock, we get this image that the church is built like this stronghold. This stronghold. Hold on the earth, on the revelation of Jesus. But what's really interesting, right, is where he says, word for word here, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. There's this idea that this church is not on defense as a stronghold in the earth. It's on offense. Right? I mean, we're talking about the gates of Hades, the gates of the place of the dead, the gates of that place of darkness and decay, and this church is moving against those forces of wickedness. I remember reading, if you've ever read the book of Ephesians, written by Paul, it's this grand uh, description of what the church is and what it's like, and one of the themes we see again and again in it is that the church is in this war with powers and principalities and spiritual forces of wickedness. And what Jesus says in the very first mention of the church here in Matthew 16 is that his church is engaged in an ancient battle, this cosmic battle with darkness, with death. This is who we are. It's our identity. So there really is, there's no church apart from this mission. But where you have a people of Jesus followers gathered together to accomplish a piece of the mission of God in the earth, to oppose darkness, to make the place better, you've got the church. It's part of who we are. And I always find it really helpful to say it in these ways that it's a piece of the mission of God that we're called to work on, to work toward. Because sometimes when we start to think in these terms of it's God's mission, you start to get a vision for how huge it is. I mean, we're talking cosmic level, redeem the universe type stuff. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know how to do that, <laughs> you know? But I know how to love people. I know how to be a little bright light in a very dark world. Would you agree that there's darkness in our world? I bet if we sat and asked the question, we could list a few areas of darkness. And when you pick just one, just one to engage with, you take part in a piece of the mission of God. And I don't know about you, but there's something about this idea that I'm just called to a peace. Makes it a lot more accessible. But the other part about that that excites me is it makes that peace that I'm a part of 
part of something bigger. I get that awareness that, that me doing my peace, my little light in this world is a part of some bigger mission. And so that simple act of loving my kids, loving my wife, uh, serving my neighbors, signing up for Serve Saturday two weeks from now, you know, all of those little things can be a part of the mission of God in the earth. The mission of God in the earth is really simple. Light up the darkness, fix broken things. That's the advancement of the kingdom. Right? Like again and again and again, it talks about the restoration of all things in Scripture. Real simple terms make the world a better place. We like to say, you maybe hear this sentence lots, but at the end of it, we always say transform lives and benefit our city. That's what we're about here at Lifeview Church. That's what the church of Jesus is about. Transforming people's lives and benefiting the world. I forget the guy's name. He's an Anglican bishop, but he said that the church of Jesus Christ is the one society that exists for the benefit of its non-members. Like that? That's who we are. We're called to be servants in this world. Another simple way to understand our mission is serving people. But I want to throw a few words out there for us to understand how we do the mission. The, the, the strategy and the tactics given to us by King Jesus. And we would be foolish to not consider his words. So I want to read some of Jesus' parting words to his disciples. This is going to be uh, from the latter parts of the Gospels. And we'll go first to Matthew 28. Elijah, you can put these up as we go along, okay? Well-known words, Jesus says this, having risen from the dead to his disciples. Uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're going to read the parting words of Jesus from Mark now, Mark 16. Verse 15 to 18. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Luke 24. Verse 46 to 49, Jesus, having risen from the dead, says this to his disciples, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And lastly, John 20, this is from verse 21, some real short words here. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So here's the, here are the words, right, of Jesus giving instructions for the mission to his people before his departure. 
And to sum them up, I would say that our mission is lived out through declaring, displaying, and discipling. And we say this often here, right? We declare and display Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. There is this truth that we know we're called to display. We often hear the quote from St. Francis of Assisi, you know, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. But it is necessary to use words. I want to say that first. That there is a call upon the church to actually speak out the good news of Jesus. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. This message of um, repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be preached throughout the whole earth. Teach them, right, to obey what I've commanded. There is this use of words that we're called to. But we know very well that if our words are not matched by a display, they fall flat. Right? But what does Jesus say? The last one we read from John 20. As the Father sent me, so I send you into the world. Jesus, at the beginning of John, is referred to as the Word made flesh. And we in Scripture are referred to as the body of Christ. We as the church are Christ's body on the earth today. There is this embodiment of the gospel, this embodiment of the person of Jesus on the earth that is our mission. Jesus said, I came to show you the Father, what he's like. Part of our mission is to show what God is like, how good he is. And that's displayed through power, right? We saw that in Mark, what we read. Jesus says these signs are going to follow those who believe. We see Jesus embodied when we serve people, when we care for people, when we meet needs. We see Jesus embodied when there's fruit in our lives, there's a kindness, a generosity, a peace, a mercy, a graciousness, a faithfulness, an honor like Stacy spoke about last week. All of these fruits are part of our display of the person of Jesus, the goodness of God in the earth. And lastly, this word disciple that comes up lots, right, in Scripture. Particularly this Matthew 28 that we read is this, this consistent theme for our call. And it's simply this, guys. We're called to look and act like Jesus. And we teach others to look and act like Jesus. But we don't teach others to look and act like Jesus simply by telling them it's got to be shown. It comes back to what I was saying. Like when I had new guys come onto a roofing crew, they had to be shown. I could say, hey, go do this. And it was funny sometimes how... They would go about doing it without being shown. But something happens as we, we live it out. And I'll say this too, guys. Mission is actually a part of our own formation to looking more like Jesus. We're all on a journey of becoming more like Jesus. And we will not actually be formed more into his image without engaging in the mission. That's pushing out beyond the bounds of the church community and expanding the territory of the kingdom, advancing the kingdom into areas of darkness and decay. There's lots in our city, right? We know this. And as we talk about this embodiment, about being Jesus to our city, I just want to ask you a simple question this morning. If Jesus in the flesh 
were in Victoria today, where do you think you would find him often and what would he be doing? With the homeless, that sanctuary. So I just want you to sit on that. And if you have things you want to shout out, shout them out. But if Jesus in the flesh were in Victoria today, where would you often find him and what would he be doing? In a place called my place. With non-believers... I want you, when, when, we, when we finish today, I want you to continue on that question. So I'm going to ask it again. If Jesus were in Victoria in the flesh today, where would you often find him and what would he be doing? Because as that question starts to be answered in your heart, I would propose to you that may be very well where he's calling you. He highlights different things to us. And certain ideas stir up in our hearts. I know there's people in this church who are passionate about adoption. You know, he might not just be out among the homeless. He may be actually welcoming children into his home. Or there's others of you in this room and part of this church who you have made your house, your very own house and property, a place of transition housing for people getting out of addiction and getting onto a better path in their life. That's mission. And there are those of you in this church, many who serve at Sanctuary and help Cliff and Andrea with extreme outreach. That is mission. There are those of us who have gone and just sat on Pandora among the homeless. That's mission. Embodying Jesus here in this city is our mission. And I think about this group, maybe you've heard of them, and it's taken off beyond the UK, but I believe that's where it started. They're called street pastors. And what these guys would do is they'd go out to the clubs, particularly on Friday and Saturday nights. And when people have had way too much alcohol, they're there making sure that girls end up in cabs going home versus to the house of some guy who's got ill intent for her. They're there with flip-flops for drunk girls who can't walk in their way too tall high heels. They're there wiping vomit off of people who are like laid out on the curb. And they're not necessarily having opportunity to preach to them and have meaningful conversation because there's a little bit of you know inebriation in the equation but they are being Jesus in that place they're embodying Jesus in a dark place in a dark moment of the city that's mission so it's declare display disciple and I will say again, I believe much of the discipleship that happens through mission is actually to us. So my invitation to you, my encouragement to you is that if you don't feel like you can find an expression of mission to point to in your life, find one. Because it's part of the journey of becoming more like Jesus. 
and sit with that question, if Jesus were here in this city, in the flesh today, where would he often be found and what would he be doing? Because that's our call. That's our mission. Show and tell the world what the kingdom of God is like, what life looks like when Jesus is Lord, what the world looks like when Jesus is Lord of it. It's filled with love and liberty and freedom and light. And there's something in us, guys, as the church, right? It says that, that we're built on this rock and the gates of Hades, that place of death, decay, and darkness won't prevail against us. There is a call upon the church to be pushing into those realms. Instead of like cringing and, you know, drawing back from darkness and decay, there's a natural desire in us to move toward it. Salt and light, like Lucas was preaching about a few weeks ago. Salt preserves areas of decay. Light simply lights up the darkness. And if you find yourself overwhelmed, I encourage you, remember that phrase. It's a piece of God's mission that you're called to. And it can still be intimidating. It can still be scary. But I will say this, I know there's people in this church already active. Maybe today's message is just a, you know, a, an encouragement to you, keep going. Maybe there's some of you and there's ideas stirring in your heart and in your mind, and you're actually being called to initiate and lead something. But that may not be everybody. Maybe, maybe you're not sure what it is. You can come alongside people and serve and support what they're doing. Because mission's way better together as community. Going it alone is not fun. Going it together isn't necessarily easy. Our Lord went to a cross. That was the way that he like, accomplished the initiation, the inauguration of his kingdom. But there's something about coming alongside others that's, that's super helpful. So if you're in a place where it's like, I don't know where to start or what to do. Seriously, as simple as sign up for Surf Saturday. One Saturday morning, two weeks from now, 13 days to be precise. And, and maybe something will spark there. Or maybe you can see people around you who you see them engaged in mission, like we say with adoption or transition housing or various ways. And you come and ask questions. What was your journey like? How did, how did you get into that? Hang around them. Because watching others is, is helpful. I was mountain biking this weekend, well, Friday to be precise, and really like desiring to go into new levels of mountain biking. There were these drops that I saw in Mount Washington last summer that I really wanted to do, and I chickened out last year, and this year I was like convinced I'm going to do it. And I sat for like 10 minutes at this one drop, and I'd take my bike and I'd run up to the edge and, okay, that's what it's like. And, and, and literally like 10 minutes of just like, that's it. And then, and then people would ride by and they would just go off and like it was nothing. And it, well, and it does drive you nuts. But the other thing for me is every time I saw it, it was like, that's easy. It's really easy. But it was the watching, seeing others, right? 
that caused me to go, oh, okay, I can do that. Really simple. I did it. I got videos to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, simple, the simple reason I bring that up is, one, because Adam Hankel was bugging me. He was with me, being like, you've got to use an illustration from the weekend. So that's for you, Adam. But, uh, but also because it's just this. This is our simple call. Look to Jesus. Jesus mimics Jesus. That's our mission. If you're not sure what that looks like, hang out with people who seem to have an idea of what it looks like. Go serve at Sanctuary. Ask Cliff and Andrea, can I help you? Uh, you know, like, talk to people who, if you've got adoption stirring in your heart, talk to people who have adopted. Whatever, right? Get alongside people. Like, one of our longings and desires here at Life here is to see more and more small, we call microchurch communities, develop around specific mission. So we can do it together. So we can grow together. So we can worship Jesus through that mission together. So we can invite people into that together. So I ask you the what would Jesus do question again, and then we'll pray. If Jesus were in the flesh in Victoria today, where would he often be found and what would he be doing? I want to pray for you, and then we're going to let you go. You can, uh, you can sit in your chair. You can stand up. You can put your hands out. You can close your eyes. Whatever you do to posture yourself as we pray, it's all good. Lord, we want to be a Jesus-flavored expression of the church in this city. Lord, I ask that you'd help us uh, pull this idea of mission out of this complicated realm and make it simple to us. Pushing back darkness, loving people, making the world a better place, speaking of your goodness and your kindness and your grace and just the, the glory of who you are. Father, we ask that you'd raise up this company of people we call Life Tree Church, and beyond, God, this, the church of this city, to make you known, make you look good in this city. Lord, we know that there is much darkness and many in need. And I ask that you would speak to our hearts the peace that we're called to. Make it clear. Make it simple and give us courage in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.